0: hey fellow nde fans we have some exciting things coming up on the other side but we could really use your help and support to keep going with this channel our outreach team works around the clock making sure to bring you the best nde stories that we can find but now we're looking to expand into other countries to get near-death experiences from around the globe however we need your help and support to make this happen this is why we're introducing our youtube membership program get access to exclusive ad-free episodes that haven't been on youtube Watch and participate in live Q and A's with the guests. Engage directly with us and NDEers. Participate in giveaways and live events. And most importantly, you will ensure our channel's continuous efforts to seek out and uncover these important experiences worldwide. Support us by hitting the join now button below. Thank you for your continued viewership and support. Your help will make a difference and we look forward to building our community together with you. Hi, my name is Ellen Ware and I'm here to share my near-death experience It happened when I was 12 years old, and that was really the beginning of my life. I used to love to ride horses, and I would go this time to my first Western lesson. And in this lesson, they put the saddle on the horse, and I didn't wear a helmet. Of course, that would happen that way. I love to ride, but often, you know, when you're putting the saddle on a horse, they'll expand their belly because the cinch isn't comfortable. And that's what happened in this case. The horse expanded its belly. The cinch wasn't really tight. The cinch slipped toward the end of the lesson. And as it was told to me, I was holding on for dear life, kind of dragged a little bit and then stepped on by the horse. And then the horse out of fear reared up and kicked me in the right temple. That was the beginning of my life. And though my parents were there in the hospital with me and they went through that horrible ordeal of having to sit with their child in ICU at Texas Hospital, I was actually in the light. I was on the other side. And it was the most beautiful and powerful and moving and wonderful experience of my life. And I'm so thankful to be alive to share it. The way it happened was my parents were told to play music or movies at my bedside to try and stimulate my mind because I was in a coma. I had been transferred from one hospital to a main hospital in Waco in the Dallas-Fort Worth area because their neurological team was much better and more well-versed in this kind of accident. I was in the ICU and I was in a coma. They were playing things daily for me, old home movies and things like that. But on the fifth day, they decided to play a Disney movie that was mostly music, 95% music. And that part of the story comes back later. But for me, I was, the first thing I remember was being on a raft. And it was kind of a wooden raft on a pink cloud river. (laughs) There was an Ascended Master in front of me, Ascended Master Jesus. I knew him from my childhood growing up. And on my left, there was a younger, bald, thin man with long brown robes on that went almost to his feet. I felt really comfortable with this man, but I didn't know who he was at the time. I found out when I came out of um, years later, as I was going through school, but Jesus didn't talk to me with words. He communicated through his mind, but before he communicated with me, I just felt this pervasive sense of connection and love, absolute love in his eyes. And I was Taken then ascended off of the raft up into a place of light. The first thing that I noticed was glimpses of this other world. It's almost as if now I see it as being kind of lifted into different realms of consciousness. And the first realm was this realm of light where there were different colored streams and trees and animals singing, maybe music playing that I'd never heard before that was just The most beautiful music I'd ever heard. And then I was taken into this golden light. And this was the true, the true part of my near-death experience that still brings me to tears today. I felt this warmth around me like a weighted blanket, just this loving presence, this absolute connection with everything and everyone and everything that will be and everything that ever was. I felt this weight around me, even though I didn't have a physical body there, I could feel it moving in and around my essence until finally I just melted into this light. I became this beautiful golden light where nothing else mattered. And it was all love. There was no one, there was no name. There was no no human construct at all. It was just love. Everything was love. Everyone was love, everything. And I could have been there for lifetimes, I really could have, I mean, I don't even know how long I was there, but I found myself back on the raft soon after that. So soon after that, I was back on the raft and Jesus was in front of me again. I had just experienced this amazing experience of the light. And I was in that place, in that vibration. I brought that back onto the raft with me. And it was at that point that I was asked a question, do you want to stay or do you want to return to earth? And I remember wanting to stay at first because it was so beautiful and so connected and I felt at home. I wanted to stay in that place. But then before I made the decision, I was shown things. And this is very common of near-death experiencers who get the choice. They get to see maybe things that they need to know before making the choice. Even though I didn't have my human mind in that moment, I was in my spirit body. I was of a greater consciousness. I was shown that my father's life and my brother's specifically wouldn't actualize into the path that they were meant to lead in this lifetime. I don't know why I was shown those particular glimpses, but I was, and it all was okay. I could have said, I could have chosen to stay in the light and it would have been fine. And I was, I knew that wholeheartedly that everything would be fine. There was no right or wrong. So in that moment, I chose to live actually outside of any human construct. I chose to live. And it was then that I was given a download of messages about why we're here, why we're here now, what we're doing, uh, what's important. Some of these things were that in our human, our minds get distracted from the reality and presence of what we can truly accomplish and do, that our our thoughts create our reality, and that we have conscious control over creation with source, that people matter. But much of what we think about and perseverate on and our lives taken up by all these thoughts about who did what and all this, this takes us away from the reality of what we're here to do and that we can lift each other up that we can create a life of heaven on earth, and that we are here to learn. This is our learning ground. This and so many other messages came flooding to me. It was the most profound experience, (laughs) but I received all of these messages. And then in an instant, after receiving these messages of many lifetimes, it could have been like hundreds of lifetimes of messages in one moment. I knew that I had chosen to live and I was filled with this incredible, overwhelming sense of gratitude to get to come back and live and share this experience that I was in with the world. Like I knew, I knew somehow that this experience would be something that I could take back, that I could share, and that would become something that would bring hope and light to other people. So after making that choice, my heart filled with gratitude. And it was almost as if I fell on my knees in front of these masters, in front of Jesus specifically, and I gave thanks that I get to live, (laughs) that I get to come back, and I made a vow that I would come back and use music to heal people. That was my choice. I just vowed that with everything in my being, and I made a promise that every night when I go to bed, no matter what happened in that day, I would be thankful for it, and I would go to sleep with gratitude. And that's what I do. Even when I move away from it, I come back to that practice because I know that that is how we create. That is how we connect and that joy and gratitude are the greatest experience and and expressions of love that we as humans can give to the collective, to the universe, to the divine in order to co-create and to create that heaven on earth. And that's when things got really cool. (laughs) I chose to use music for healing. I vowed to give thanks every day. And then everything went dark, but it wasn't a scary darkness. It was a beautiful darkness, like the darkness of a womb or creation. I felt the expansiveness of this place. And I felt once again, as if my spirit body had boundaries, like I, not a human form, but I was smaller somehow in this darkness. I could see a staff of music in the distance, really far in the distance. And it had different colored music notes at every moment, like it was playing animated music, but I couldn't hear anything. I could just see all these notes moving along the staff, and the staff just got closer and closer and closer until it went through my head, (laughs) or what would be my head. It went through me. It got bigger and bigger, closer and closer, and then it was dark, but only for a split second because there was a point of light, a tiny point of light, far in the distance, like I point down, kind of down to the right because that's where I experienced it, this light, but it wasn't light at all. It was sound and I could almost, it was almost inaudible really, but I was able to focus on that sound so intently with so much energy and so much concentration that I could bring it more fully into my mind until it was booming inside my head, truly booming and The music was so loud at one point that I couldn't feel comfortable in it. And I knew that the only way was to force my eyes open. And I that was the hardest thing I've ever done. To move myself back into my body was not a comfortable experience. I went from this huge expansion to moving into what I felt was like this small experience, but yet bigger than I could imagine, right? So I forced my eyes open and the nurse ran over and she talked to me and uh, she ran over and helped me and then I slipped back out of consciousness. Be- before that happened, I was able to see things in the room like the, you know, the screen across the way and I could see the TV that had been wheeled in next to the bed because this was in the late 80s. It was rolling the credits of the Disney movie that had been played for me. And I knew that it was the music that woke me up from the coma and the music that brought me back into my body. And then the real magic began the magic of recovery. Yes. I had to go through that a little bit, but the doctor said it was truly a miracle that the only other person in the state of Texas at the time that survived that type of head injury was also a child. She was 14. I was 12, but she was confined her entire life to a wheelchair Others would not have lived through that. There was really no explanation. And I remember we jokingly called, I jokingly would say, I'm a miracle. (laughs) I could walk and I could talk, but I had lost all of my memory prior to that. So I didn't really know the people in my life. I didn't know friends. I didn't have memories of first days of school. I didn't remember any of the things that most kids at age 12 would remember. I didn't. And the doctors told me whatever I did retrieve would be retrieved within the first five years of recovery. And it was very minimal. But I knew and I had a sense about people, like who they were, their energy, their essence. And even though I didn't know their names, even in some in my own family, I learned them quickly and I started to recover. I threw myself into music. I started playing the flute. I had grown up playing piano. My mom was a piano teacher for a while. Her mom top piano or sisters. And I had been familiar with music and still had that musical part of my brain intact. And that became my passion. What I couldn't speak to my friends, what I couldn't understand in the world because everything didn't make sense to me. (laughs) Nothing made sense to me. I would play music. I would express myself. And now that I'm a music therapist, I know that I was rebuilding brain cells and neurons by playing music. I was connecting to that realm in another way. So I didn't know how I was going to heal people with music. That came about later. When I woke up, I had very special gifts. I could see and sense light around people. I could understand them at a different level. I couldn't understand their words at all, which actually helped my intuitive gifts grow. Because as I sat, my mom just said, just pretend like you know what they're talking about and smile and be nice. (laughs) So I would, in my head injured recovery, would just sit and listen to people. And I started to tap into something underneath what they were saying. I started to realize that people got caught in the story, but the story was not the focus. It was who they are, the connection, the relationship, and actually meeting and seeing people where they are And helping them to see something greater than the story and greater than themselves. I hid my gifts for a while because they weren't well received by some that I knew. And I didn't want to be made fun of as a kid. And I didn't want to be different. I didn't want to be like, hey, I can see light around people. I can see colors and I'm getting these messages. But I had certain friends that I could work with and talk with about my gifts. And we would share and kind of teach each other through these gifts that were coming through. But it really all came full circle. After I did my undergrad, I majored in music with a minor in psychology, knowing that I had found out about this thing called music therapy. And music therapy was healing people with music, which is what I came back to do, right? So I found a university. My dad said, if you're going to do music therapy, you need a master's in psychology. I found one university that had both a master's in music therapy and spiritual psychology, and it was a Buddhist university called Naropa, and it was founded and run out of Boulder, Colorado. When I went there, it was a culture of contemplation and meditative practices and moving inward and connecting with thoughts and becoming discerning of thoughts. And learning this practice was crucial for me to implement the messages that I received on the raft. And I remember one day walking up to my first meditation class or one of the first weeks or something, and I saw a depiction of Buddha, a younger Buddha who was bald and thin, wearing long brown robes that went almost to his feet. And I knew in that moment that was the other guide that was with me on the raft. I knew I'd come full circle, and I knew that I was at Naropa for a reason— in the years that followed, I was the only student that came come in for music therapy. For some reason or another, the other's funding hadn't come through. So it was just me learning this amazing practice with the teachers and instructors there. And one practice that I learned, and this is how I learned how to bring my gifts onto this planet. One practice that I learned was something called Bonnie Method of Guided Imagery and Music. It's a very powerful technique of allowing people to move into altered states of consciousness where they are still conscious enough to guide their own experience. And there's music underneath to lead their imagery wherever they need to go to understand their unconscious thoughts and to connect with their presence. In this process, I became connected with my presence again, like I had been on the other side. And It was the closest that I had ever experienced heaven on earth. And I knew this was how I was going to bring heaven to earth for my clients and the people that I work with and my friends and family as best that I could. So what I did was I learned this practice. I learned about the music and how it can guide different states of awareness, how we can move into everything from transitional states, learn more about ourselves and receive the messages for ourselves. I received that my gift was not only to heal people with music, but to use those intuitive gifts that I had developed through my near-death experience to see and experience and help people meet with their own guides and angels and messages and higher presence and God, the light that never fails. (laughs) So I do that now. I have developed a technique using crystal singing bowls to bring in rays of light, which they show me that people need for healing, for connection to their presence. I lead them through a guided imagery and music experience where they get to connect with their own higher self. They get to receive messages directly instead of me telling them. And then if people don't see or hear the message that's there, what I do is I tell them what I'm seeing as well to add that to the whole collective of the experience. It really is the most powerful work that I could do on this planet. And I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud and thankful. And everything along the way has helped me learn that I'm on the right path because I continually receive messages about the universe, about myself. I'm putting all of these skill sets, all of these moments of synchronicity into a book where I I talk about my near-death experience. It'll be out by the end of this year, 2023. I talk about my near-death experience the different moments of awakening, how I develop my intuitive gifts so that I could receive messages for people. You know, for instance, in my work recently, Archangel Michael came through for one of my clients and Archangel Michael shows up in a very specific way for me that I've learned to know, but I never want to take my own interpretation of something for the truth. I always want to check it with the people I'm working with. At the same time, she also had a vision in her session and she saw what I was seeing. And another time there was a light on a client's shoulder and she was moving through this beautiful place of awakening and exploration and learning about the light and love that's available to her. And she had a light on her shoulder in this experience as she was journeying. And I wrote in my journal, mother is here, right? Her mother is here, but I didn't want to say that to the client because I wanted her to see it herself and sure enough a few minutes later she said the light is my mother my mother's with me and the interesting part was when I saw that come through for her even though I didn't mention it I wrote underneath through animals I wrote animals and she said after her mother came through and she realized she said I want to know how my mother comes to me and I said well the answer's already here She comes through animals. And so with that little piece of information that I could provide, it gave her access to further access her own knowledge and wisdom, because that's another thing that came to me on the raft, that we are all our greatest guru. No one else can be replacement for your own knowledge about yourself and your path. You have your own unique experience and that every single person is here for a reason We all have a reason right now. And one thing that we can do is we can use our experience on earth to allow the light to experience life through us, to release our conscious desires for what we want to create in our life to the divine and recognize that each experience of contrast that comes through for us, each experience in our life, I love that idea of saying contrast, like Abraham Hicks, right? But Each experience that we go through is just an opportunity to move further and further into a higher vibration, right? How do we deal with each experience? If we deal with it in love, we get to elevate to a new expansive experience of the world. We raise our vibration. We call higher vibrancy, higher frequency experiences to us. And then we get to create this heaven on earth. We consciously always can create by what we focus on. And by consciously replacing our thoughts, and this is something I learned at Naropa, replacing our negative thoughts with positive thoughts, we can shift the trajectory of that manifestation mind into something new. And there's research to support all of this. So much research out there to show that we do have the ability to create our experience and that our thoughts are the running movie of our life in our mind. So that's my near-death experience. I'm really happy to share it in the work that I'm doing with the world. And I'm also happy to share some follow-up with how people can reach out to me if they want to learn a little more about my work, they want to work with me individually or in a group. I do private sessions regularly on Zoom and in person. I use the crystal singing bowls. I use my gifts and the music journeys to help people step into new states of awareness and understanding about their own life stream. I help them connect with guides and angels and powerful angelic beings and light to receive the light that they need, a little influx of light when people are having a hard time to help them remember the core and authenticity of who they are, to help find purpose, to manifest heaven on earth, all these things, I lead workshops in and around the country and the world, retreats as well. My website is wellnessmusictherapy.com. And I'm also part of a global expansion project around media that's beginning called the Awake Universe, where we bring light to the airwaves uh, through an app that is using streaming technology as well as content providers. And I mean, amazing names are connected with this. And it's just a way that we are consciously bringing more light to the world through an avenue that can be used in a multitude of ways and can be in every home. So if you're interested in that piece of it, you can visit my website, Wellness Music Therapy, and click on the Awake Universe. We are, there are many different ways to be involved in that. Content producers to be, uh, could come on to share their stuff. People can buy products or learn how to meditate, learn how to be in health and wellness. We have so many different things that could be done to support anything, any seeker needs or wants in their path to raising vibration within themselves and their lives. And it's all about health, wellness, and spirituality. So that's another big piece of it. So I'm really excited to be part of that project. Very, very excited. I had a vision of it about three years ago and now to see it coming to see what they're doing with it. I'm just excited to be a part of it. It's not mine by any means. I do have content on there. And I also can be found in, a, in many different interviews on the internet and a documentary called Beyond the Grave that was just released two weeks ago on Amazon Prime and Apple TV and all the other streaming networks I'll be in a documentary coming out next year called Alive Again and on Mysteries of Life, which is the epic times TV show that, that I'll be in season two. So I'm excited to share my work in those ways, but please reach out to me via my website. If that's the best way. Or I have a meditation group where I do angel messages every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. They are recorded so people can go back and listen to them later. I run that group through Facebook. It is called your sacred space and you can it's just a donation based group where you can sign up and listen to all of that as well my book will be released by the end of this year by fearless literary publications it's called waking up in heaven what the angels are trying to tell us and it's a a guide for anyone who wants to know how to develop spiritual gifts anyone who is interested in learning more about my near-death experience. And it talks a lot about the mystical experiences that I have had, the synchronicities in my life that show me that there is something greater that is always, always communicating with us and always available to us. Have a wonderful day and thank you so much.